What's up, everybody? Welcome in again to the Transform Recruiting Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Owens. And with me today, I've got Mr. James Lawton. James, welcome so much. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Great to be here. So give me and everyone else listening just a little bit of background. The conversation is going to go pretty deep here. So we want to make sure everyone understands where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. So Brad, like yourself, I've worked in and around the industry for over a decade, almost two. In fact, I cut my teeth, as we say here in the UK, in IT contract recruitment just over 17 years ago. Uh, Worked in and around the space ever since. Worked in varying forms of digital tech for the last maybe 12 years or so. Uh, And for the last six, almost seven years, I've been specifically selling recruitment CRM ATS solutions. I've worked for a couple of American firms. Uh, I currently work for a Dutch business based out of Rotterdam. Uh, I work from home uh, just outside London in the UK, uh, but I've got a pretty broad reach covering geographically the UK, Ireland and the US. So see, everyone didn't know when they tuned in that we have a multinational podcast. We are across the globe, folks. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So you've got an interesting perspective then because you've seen not only the recruiting side and using pieces of software, but you've also seen what software can do. Uh, Not to lead you down any path because I'm really curious to hear where your head's at. What do you feel like facing the recruiting industry right now? What are we facing? Well, I think it's a really strange situation that we're in at the moment. Obviously, there's a global war for talent. And as you undoubtedly know, recruitment is often the canary in the coal mine when it comes to the economy. And the strange thing is that at the moment, multiple countries, the US, the UK, Germany, others are all technically in recession. And yet we still have this war for talent. Everybody is is hiring still, which is great. Um, I I worry that we might get to a place early to mid next year where people stop recruiting. I hope that's not the case. Um, We've just come, of course, out of COVID and then with the war in Russia and the UK, other pressures such as uh, Brexit all have an impact. Um, Obviously, everyone hopes that the war in Ukraine is going to come to an end sometime soon. Uh, and I think if that does happen, then we that that's going to help everything. It's going to help with the energy crisis. It's going to help with with food distribution. Um, but yeah, I, I worry that if it doesn't end soon, that is going to impact um, the, this current war for talent. It's going to turn the other way. I think businesses might stop recruiting, and and then there could be a real dive uh, and heavy recession. So fingers crossed that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Do you think that the um, the current continued interest in talent is due to kind of a, a surplus of jobs that was out there? Or do you feel like they there's something else at play? I think there's a, a whole really complicated mixture of things that have come into it. Um, there's, there's this weird dynamic with the money markets. There's a lot of money at the the higher end that is looking for a place to go. And when you look at small businesses, if, if, if you had a small business today and you're recruiting for a, a couple of roles to grow your business, if a hedge fund or a venture capitalist came to you and said, could you spend $10 million, a small business probably wouldn't be able to get that money out there. So, And then with what's happened with the stock markets recently, there's this really strange dynamic of money that needs to be spent but can't be spent in certain places. Um, and then with... Um, 
yeah, it, it, it's this weird thing also with the change of the the change of the job market in terms of where the roles are, and this kind of leads into some things that that you were mentioning we we might get onto in terms of where the market is going. Um, and so to sort of jump ahead on some of your your potential questions. We will see change as technology impacts more the both the recruitment industry, but but any any businesses how they operate, how they how their business processes are carried out. As we automate those things more, that's going to impact what people's jobs are. And so yes, just like the the um, what, were they, what were they called the the lugites many many years ago? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that um, technology coming in uh, was going to get rid of people's jobs it will and it won't it will change the kind of job so I think I think we're seeing a bit of that right now already and I think that um, looking forwards the changes that we'll see as more and more gets automated that there are going to be new jobs that come up but yeah we're definitely seeing that a bit at the moment there's all these new jobs in tech in particular that just weren't there 10-15 years ago. Do you think so we always hear about skill gap when we're talking about recruiting when you say there are these new jobs that popped up um do you see anyone that's doing a good job addressing this skill gap and i'll qualify that one while you think about it i really felt like when i was in deep recruiting roles there would be these new jobs that would pop up these new kind of tech roles and they'd say, yep, we need someone who knows X, Y, and Z and be able to do this. And here's the projects they're going to be working on. And they would turn down everyone that didn't have it. They weren't really realizing that, hey, look, that skill just got created a year or two ago. There's not going to be anyone that has this kind of skill set. Um, do you see anyone that is doing a good job of addressing that, whether through how they're communicating with their clients or how they are creating that, that talent pool for that? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I heard you talk about this before, Brad. It's the the unicorn versus the the horse scenario, where actually, if you took this person on and trained them to do the role that you want them to do at the moment, they could actually go on and, and do a number of other things. So, what what's interesting is we've all gone through an education system that was set up a hundred plus years ago, and it doesn't really position us for the world of work today. So, I left the university twenty years ago, and this. This was being talked about back then that there should be there should be a closer relationship between the education system and the the world of business, um, because coming out of university you're not really geared up properly for life and for getting a job. Um, there there are some people out there actually there are a number of um, as as we would call them recruitment firms in the UK um, staffing and recruiting firms that are taking university college leavers. And they are training them up with skills like within the Salesforce ecosystem, to use an example, they will then um, put those those young graduates out on secondment with companies that were recruiting and struggling to find people that already had those skills. Uh, they, they will train them up over a sort of six, seven, eight week boot camp, put them out as juniors for what were meant to be senior roles and then if they pass that sort of two three months secondment they will then stay on and I think that's exactly the kind of thing that is plugging a gap but it actually shouldn't be up to those private companies to do that there should be 
even if it's not necessarily a closer relationship between business and, and the colleges and universities themselves, the colleges and universities should be doing a better job of, of gearing graduates up for the for the labor market. Yeah, I agree. And I love that kind of approach of, hey, we're going to train you ourselves. We'll take on that because we know the value that we'll get out of you later is going to be incredibly high. I like that approach. I think it takes someone with a fair amount of capital going back to your what do we do with all those millions of dollars? It takes someone with a fair amount of capital to do that. Uh, But I agree with you. I think it, it would be a good approach to help filling that. Do you feel like that comes into play with what you said earlier about as we automate more the role is going to be kind of changing of what we need from a recruiting firm or what we need from a recruiter? Or were you envisioning something different? Yeah, no, that, that's partly it. And I think as as we do progress with technology, as we think about where we're going to be in the next 10 to 20 years, I think there will be a, a huge dynamic shift with how recruitment is done. I think as long as there are people in jobs we will never get rid of recruiters, be that internal recruiters or, or external staffing firms. But it may be that there's a, a shift in terms of, of the numbers. Um, one thing, so as I mentioned, and, and again, this is almost 20 years ago, perhaps it's, it's changed a little bit in the market. I, I definitely know that um, the way recruiters are seen and perceived in the market has got cleaner over time. Um, there were some really bad practices when I was when I first joined the industry, um, but it was very much a bums on seats and see who survives and who doesn't. Throw them out to sea and see if they sink or swim type thing. Um, and I think that as an industry, we could be doing a better job at that already, setting recruiters up for success rather than just training them up, giving them a, the internet and a phone and seeing how they do. Um, but I think even more than that, it will change because as we collect better, cleaner data, as we are better at analysing that data, as we are better at predicting, and, and this comes into the whole AI piece, um, but I think we need to be careful there as well because correlation does not mean causation. So just because we're seeing something in the numbers doesn't necessarily mean it's going to predict it's just giving you a better educated guess i think as all of these things happen what we'll probably see is actually it's only the really good recruiters that stay on it's only those that are really good with the interpersonal skills and again a couple of reasons for that is because more things will get filled uh, automatically but also i think as we do less of the mundane admin and that's that's what I'm passionate about is is actually placing people to do what they're good at. So I'm sure you find it. We all find it. There are things that you think, oh, this this bit of my job I hate. This bit of admin I hate. If only I didn't have to do this. And when it comes to recruiters, there's all sorts of things that, that businesses ask them to to log and to record. And it's the same in the US as it is over here. Everyone says, oh, recruiters and salespeople, they're so bad at admin. Well, they work long hours and they want to do what is effective with their time. So I think as we are able to take them away from doing those mundane clerical tasks, we get them doing what they're good at, which is speaking to candidates and speaking to clients. But at the same time, you also want to hone that always. I forget if it was yourself or someone else talked about um, recruiters having hour-long interviews with candidates that they were never going to place. 
So obviously you want to, you don't want them doing that. But if they could be spending more of their time speaking to clients, speaking to candidates where they can add value, then you'll, you'll see a, a huge uplift from that. Yeah, they should, like you said, interpersonal skills, they should, their job should be building trust and creating relationships because trust Absolutely. relationships, that's longevity, that reduces ghosting, that has them coming back to you and referring other people over and over again. It's just that good kind of repetitive motion that we want to see out of the market. So you mentioned the admin stuff. What do you see in your world taking recruiters uh, doing that they shouldn't have to? What takes up the most time as far as this admin stuff? Well, so, I mean, it's different depending on the business. But one thing that I, I do see time and time again, which is it's really strange to me, is how inefficient people are at connecting. So just some very simple little hacks without naming any specific brands. There's a number of tools out there. I, I use a, a tool that integrates with multiple calendars for me. And then I'm smart about my meetings where I'll, if it's an hour meeting, I'll book it as a 45 minute meeting. There's a 15 minute gap. You have a number of those gaps. You send out links to people that are trying to connect to you. They can put a 15 minute call in your calendar. The amount of times I've spoken to recruiters in the past where they'll leave me a voicemail and I'll call them back. You drop them an email. They, and you end up just playing what we call telephone tennis. And uh, what, why not just schedule it? <laughs> and make it happen at the time that you're both free. <laughs> yeah, that's that is surprising to me because when I first started up the first firm I was in, I mean, we had more recruiting coordinators than recruiters just because it took yeah. so much time and effort just to schedule things and to get yeah. resumes in shape, to send those out, to deal with the replies back from the clients. Like we had most people doing admin work. They were low paid. They didn't they weren't involved in as much of the uh, upside potential because they weren't taking on a lot of the risk. They were just doing the admin work. But yeah, I'm with you. It, and it's surprising to me that that hasn't changed in so many years. I mean, that was decades ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's at the front end. And the area within the staffing industry that I focus on, particularly at the moment, is where you're dealing with high volumes of contingent workers, temporary workers. And it's funny when you look at staffing, at recruitment and systems and where the difficulty is, where the harder piece is. So when you think about recruitment itself and all the, the varying flavors of that, for me, I would say, well, the, where you make the most money as a recruiter is typically your executive search. It's your very, very high end. It's the ultimate in personal relationships. Um, and very little actual admin other than doing some some reports and, and research. There's a fair amount of research. But then as the as the actual recruit, the, the recruitment and recruiting job gets easier, when you get down to the low skilled blue collar, so it is literally bums on seats that you're trying to fill, that as a job gets simpler. But in terms of managing it, it gets far more complex. And the reason for that is because there are so many different variations. So you might have dozens of workers on various sites, on various pay rates with various overtime charges and bill rates, etc. And that's where the recruitment job itself might be quite simple because you can just ping a message out to, I don't know, it might be you've got uh, a requirement for 20 laborers and it's day labor and you ping a, a message out to a load of your, the people that you're connected with 
and half of them accept and they're placed tomorrow. But then managing that actual placement and all the, the time paying bill, that's where the complexity comes into because there's so much variation. And so you often see with staffing agencies, even where they even even where they're they've invested in technology in the front end, they are often doing things very manually in the mid and, and back office. So you've got all th this heavy um, reliance on copy paste with with different systems with data. So yeah, that that's an area that I think there could be a a, a lot of efficiency drive in the future. Yeah, are you seeing anyone do a good job of that, or are you aware of things that would solve for that? Yeah, and and again, I know um, we're, we're not. I'm not selling here, so I'm not going to talk specifically about us, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about any particular um, brands or even ecosystems. But it's all thinking about the actual business process. So I'm actually working on a piece of content at the moment with um, uh, a, a business that we work closely with. And the idea is to try and help educate when people are thinking about large projects, when they work for a large staffing firm or organization doesn't, doesn't necessarily just need to be an actual staffing firm. Um, it, it's thinking about your business processes. So think about how you do things today, whether it's systems, whether it's manual, whether it's Excel sheets, etc. So literally plot out step by step, what do we do? And then think about, well, how could it be done? And then work out what what is it actually worth you trying to improve, and and that's where it all starts from. It's business processes. Think about it. It doesn't need to be particularly complex. I was talking to someone from Gartner yesterday, and they were saying that software buyers, which is obviously the world that I'm in within staffing, are more confused than ever. And I'm not surprised. There's so much tech out there. There's a lot of good tech out there. How do you know what to buy? Well, just work from basics of well, what are we actually trying to improve and why? Yeah. And you mentioned a good point. What's worth improving? Like there's a lot of things that yeah. you could do, but yeah, is that really worth the ROI on what you're going to put into that? To exactly. Well, this funny enough, that leads into the hardest thing about my job at the moment. So years ago, I worked for what we'd refer to as an off the shelf solution. And out of from my almost 20 year career in, in staffing and sales, that was probably the easiest job I ever did. It was a good product. Um, it did what it said it did. And as much as I would try to be consultative and understand the client's um, problems and, and how we could fix them, when it came to actually demoing the software, we just, well, this is what it does and this is what it doesn't do. And, and that was it. Um, thinking about where I can help people today, it, it's it's difficult because many people with many businesses want the, the best, the latest, the greatest. They want to fully automate, but you've got to think about why we're doing it and how much, not, not just what the spend is going to be, but how much time you need to put into it, how much resource you need to put into it. And is that worth what you're trying to achieve with the, the end result? Because actually, unfortunately for many people and many businesses, it may well still be that actually you should just be doing that manually today still. Yeah, because there's not a lot of <laughs> there's not a lot of data that's clean to your point, because firms yeah. for the longest time have just kind of handed over. Here's what you need to do. Here's how we would suggest doing it. Go. We've given you all the tools that we think you might need. But I mean, everyone's turning to their spreadsheets just because it's easier, just because that's yeah. where they can keep 
control of all of their data and keep it out of other recruiters that they might be competing with hands. And because everything occurs out there, you don't have the clean data to know what would be worth your while. So one of the biggest things that I'm seeing, and I'm, I know you're dealing with the same thing, is how do you actually get all this data back in a place where you can just run it through the same system? We won't start with AI or automation or anything. Just run it through the same system. That's one yeah. of the largest things that I, I continually have a conversation with leaders about. And interesting conversation that I had here recently, uh, we were going through, like you were talking about, like lay out your business processes, understand what's happening, and then you can have an idea of what to really focus on. But we were we took that conversation a step further and we said, let's first focus on where all the data for all these things are coming from. So we laid out this big map of all the different data sources and they went, they were in IT. They said, wow, I've never realized how many places this has to go and what we're drawing from and how much copy paste is happening. I know. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. why we went through the process. And yeah. I think if anyone would sit back and really look at that, they go, oh, man, we got to fix this. Well, so, so you say that's the place to start. And, and yes, absolutely. I'd say the step before that, though, is and, and what's the author's name? Uh, Sinek, Simon Sinek. Start with why. Why oh, are we yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. do this? So, yeah, start with why. Why are we trying to do this? What is the end goal that we want to achieve? Then once you know that, then go, well, where are we today? What's what's what are we actually doing today? Because, yes, yeah, it's, it's surprising. I, I've got exactly the same thing going on with a prospective uh, client that I'm talking to at the moment. We've been talking for uh, a, a year and uh, they had come out with an RFI um, almost a year ago. And then they've they've realized that actually it was more of a wish list. And when they started investigating a bit further, they realized we don't actually know what's going across our, and this is an organization that spans multiple countries and multiple legal entities, so it's not surprising, but they realized we don't actually know how our people are using our systems and, to their great surprise, Excel sheets still outside of it. Um, <laughs> Always. So that has, set, that has set the whole project back a bit, which is fine, um, but that's partly why this piece of content that I'm trying to write at the moment about um, yeah, understanding where you are today before you try and go somewhere new. Because if you don't even understand where you are today, you might end up doing some things better by chance, but actually there might be a load of stuff that isn't worth fixing and then a load of stuff that you should be fixing you didn't even realize. Yeah, the amount of times that I, for these organizations, will sit beside recruiters and watch them work and realize that the person I was sat with yesterday did a completely different way. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's amazing to me, uh, but I mean, it shouldn't be surprising. It's not something that we focused on for so long. This has been a smile and dial industry for the longest time. And just now there there is more of an ability to take advantage of tools that will that'll start making this a lot easier and making and, and the I think integration. I think there should I, th I think there should and always will be room for personality with these types of roles. Recruiters are yes. obviously generally quite outgoing people. And I don't think you want to try and box everybody into doing everything exactly the same way, um, but but trying to make things easier for everybody in terms of, yes, accessing the data, what's important to them, um, how, how do they do their job, and actually how can we prevent them having to click so many buttons to record things when there's so many different ways of automatically capturing that data today. So I want to dig into this prospective 
client that you've got, because this could be an interesting process for others that are listening. So you mentioned Simon Sinek. Let's start with why. Let's figure out why we're doing these things. Let's get all these processes yeah. together. Um, in when we're thinking about these large businesses that span across the world, that could be quite a long and arduous process. What have you throughout this conversation and probably others that you've had, what have you uncovered have been some of the big stumbling blocks for organizations that are going through just getting to that process of let's start mapping everything out and figuring out where everything is? I would say it's the visibility piece. So um, I think if so, so with this one particular case that I'm talking about, the biggest surprise was the fact that people were not working within the current system because mm -hmm. they have an enterprise piece of software in place. It's old. It's it's they've, they've had it in place for a long time, um, but there really isn't a reason why they should have still been working out of spreadsheets. It's just because some of those teams and and workers are so remote and weren't so connected with head office maybe or some central resource that they just turned back the clock slightly by by going back to working for some with some excel sheets because to them it seemed simpler but the problem is then that you've got siloed data and and it's it's harder for the business to to manage and to have visibility over that so given that issue I'm going to hand you an unlimited budget, unlimited people, resources. How would you start changing that? What would you do to change this for our industry? What would you create? Well, if if I knew that, if I had an idea of one thing that I could create, <laughs> I think I'd be, you wouldn't need to give me the unlimited resources. I think I'd make myself a rich man. I, I don't know is the answer, but the, the future vision that I have is of people being able to use their time efficiently and spending their time on doing what they're good at and what they enjoy so much of my time is spent prospecting and trying to find the right events to go to the right people to connect with the right all i want to do is find people that have problems that i can solve because mm -hmm. if i can spend my time doing that i'll make money and i can feed my family they will make money because they'll be more efficient but it's about connecting the right pieces, the right people with each other. And so if I, I don't know what the solution would be, it's 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 an ever advancing state to greater efficiency to connect people with the right people to do what they're good at. That's, that's what I'd want to achieve. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree. I think that's one of the bigger things that the industry at large could focus on and, and be doing a better job of enabling their sellers and their recruiters to be able to do because they, they yeah. just haven't had that at their fingertips before. Uh, and, and I feel I feel like we're always slightly a step behind other industries um, hmm, with, with so? the staffing industry. So we're, we're slight lugites, if that was even the right term that I used earlier. Um, when you look at how other businesses run, when you look at how when you look at how we act day to day, in our everyday lives, banking, shopping, um, checking trains or, or travel, how long is it going to take me to drive? So you do it all on your phone and it, it's immediate information in your fingertips. And we, we don't have that today in the staffing world, but I do feel like we're, we're making great advances. Yeah, I think we'll get there. Yeah, it, it's coming fast. Um, I'm seeing people focusing on that. I mean, it's crazy yeah. the people that you get to talk to when you're in this industry. And there's 
a lot of people that are starting to realize, hey, we need to pay attention. Well, James, I, I want to respect your time, and I really appreciate you taking this time to have this conversation with me because this is Great. enlightening. Thanks, and I know a lot of people that are listening are suffering from the exact same thing. So it, it's going to be, one, nice that they know they're not alone, but two, that there's other people that can help them work through these issues. So I appreciate it. Uh, where would you like people to find you if they have other questions? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, you've got my LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably the best place to connect. Okay, perfect. Well, then I'll share that in the show notes for everyone. James, thank you so much again. I appreciate you being part of this. And everyone, you can find more episodes just like this at transformrecruiting.com. If you've got an idea for what we need to focus on next time, or if you'd like to have a deep conversation with us, you can email me at hello at bradowens.com. Thanks so much again for taking the time out. If you want some more, it's transformrecruiting.com. Thanks so much, James. Appreciate it.